0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Fin Weekly, where I provide weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and the economy. My name is Steve Coferin, and today is Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. And let's kick things off by talking about the stock market. Okay. For starters, the outlook for the economy appears to be uncertain as investors anticipate a challenging earnings season for the S&P 500. This apprehension comes as profit warnings and concerns over high interest rates persist, suggesting a potential slowdown in economic growth. Factors contributing to this pessimism include things we are already well aware of like persistent inflation and hawkish central bank policies, but also due to discouraging reports from companies like ExxonMobil and FedEx who have been reporting discouraging results. In addition, tech stocks which have seen significant valuation increases don't seem all-aluring to everyone, with more than two-thirds of respondents from a recent Markets Live Poll survey saying they thought the impact of AI on tech earnings was, quote, exaggerated. The overall outlook for the upcoming earnings season appears bleak, although signs of easing inflation and cost-cutting measures do provide some signs that we should be optimistic. But the overall sentiment suggests that conditions are becoming more difficult for businesses and investors, and in my opinion, we'll get a better sense of corporate health during the week of July 24th, and that's when over $25 trillion worth of companies provide updates to investors. Up next, just a quick update on something I mentioned a few weeks ago, and that's the fact that the Fed is calling banks to establish a more standardized risk assessment. In addition to facing higher capital requirements, we just learned that US regulators are implementing one of the most significant regulatory overhauls for major banks since the 2008 financial crisis, and things aren't looking very pretty. Michael Barr, the Federal Reserve's top banking regulator, has called for Wall Street banks to stop using their own estimates for things like credit, operational, and trading risks, and to adopt a more standardized approach. These changes are part of an effort to align U.S. regulations with international standards known as Basel III. The purpose of this reform is to enhance the accuracy of risk assessments and improve stress tests conducted by the Federal Reserve. And if you're wondering why now, the review comes in the wake of several bank failures, including Silicon Valley Bank, which collapsed in March of this year, sparking serious political debates over capital requirements. FAR's examination concluded that while the current system is sound, adjustments are necessary to ensure banks set aside more capital as a cushion against potential losses. Under the proposed rules, banks would be required to use a more transparent and consistent approach to risk assessment. In addition, Barr emphasized that the enhanced capital rules should apply to banks and bank holding companies with more than 100 billion dollars in assets. So this is mostly going to affect big players like JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup and Wells Fargo. While he has faced criticism from some who say his plan is counterproductive, Barr contends that the financial system is resilient and that the changes aim to enable banks to lend to the economy. And I have to agree with him because greater supervision alone will not ensure safety and soundness here. And as Barr himself said, which I reiterate, capital regulation has always been the foundation of bank stability. And on the inflation report, it looks like U.S. consumers' short-term inflation expectations have declined for the third consecutive month in June. In addition, the median one-year-ahead inflation expectations dropped by 0.3 percentage points to 3.8%, which is the lowest reading since April of 2021. For comparison's sakes, in June last year, the year-ahead inflation expectations peaked at 6.8%. So how do these expectations compare to this time last year? Well, for starters, they anticipate a 4.7% increase in gasoline prices over the next year, a 0.4 percentage point drop from the previous month, while expectations for food prices ease by 0.1 percentage points to 5.3%. Thank goodness. Even though those are small drops, That is a good sign for inflation, hopefully. Fingers crossed. A year ago, consumers expected food prices to rise by 9.6%. On the other hand, college bills are projected to accelerate with the expected price change for the year ahead rising by 1.2 percentage points to 8.3%. And in addition, other pressure points like rent prices are anticipated to climb by 9.3%, an increase of 0.3 percentage points. But it's not all doom and gloom, especially if you're a homeowner. For those folks, there is a growing optimism regarding the rebound of the US housing market. Median expectations for house price growth rose for the fifth consecutive month to 2.9% in June, making it the highest reading in nearly a year. Having said that, the Fed has their work cut out for them if they're going to try to hit their 2% inflation target because while the overall inflation trend is clearly going down, The reality is, is that it's happening very slowly. On a related note, the Fed has been pretty clear that more aggressive monetary measures are needed to ensure that inflation returns to that important target of 2%. And as the Fed is taking a more aggressive approach to reach that goal, some experts think that the Fed should just accept a slightly higher inflation rate because wage growth is crucial for improving living standards. As I mentioned earlier, the upcoming release of the Consumer Price Index, the CPI data for June, will play a big role in the Fed's decision making. If the numbers match the forecast, it could mean that the Fed won't have to raise rates as aggressively and we might avoid a harsh recession. Speaking of a recession, what should we expect on that front? Well, while there is talk about a possible recession, some experts think it will be a mild one accompanied by falling inflation and a weakening job market. If that happens, the Fed might lower interest rates. But if we manage to avoid a recession, the Fed may continue raising rates. They could quite possibly stick to their current approach until the unemployment rate hits 4.5% but recent reports have posted that there's about a 55% chance of a recession in 2023 from a job market perspective. Now, with that in mind, it's worth noting that the wage growth is slowing, but it's still relatively high. Labor plays a big role in causing inflation, especially in the service sector where labor costs have a major impact. This has been the case in recent months as profit margins have shrunk. This is kind of a contested issue, and there are different opinions as far as wage growth goes. Some say it's a good thing because it means living standards are rising, while others think that argument is weak and risks a recession. Either way, it seems like inflation will keep going down, which could lead to lower interest rates in 2024. That would be good news for stocks, bonds, and also the US dollar as a whole. And in other news this week, the Biden administration decided not to extend the three-year pause on student loan payments as part of the debt ceiling deal with Republicans. Currently, there are around 27 million borrowers with a shared total of $1.1 trillion in student loan debt. These borrowers will need to start paying them off again starting on October 1st. This news comes just a week after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected the President's plan to forgive up to $20,000 per borrower, closing off another potential avenue of relief. One of the big things is that the resumption of payments will further limit consumer spending, which we know is already showing signs of slowing down. These payments averaging around $400 per month will force borrowers to make tough choices about their spending priorities. Analysts anticipate that more households will fall behind on credit card and auto loan payments in the final quarter of 2023. Because for the past three years, people haven't had to prioritize student loan payments, but now they'll have to rethink their financial allocations. Experts from Bank of America expect student loan delinquencies to return to pre-pandemic levels, potentially leading to $167 billion in new seriously delinquent balances. Borrowers who are more than three months behind on their payments are at high risk of defaulting. Morgan Stanley economists believe that personal consumption expenditures and overall GDP will be about 0.1% lower by the end of the year due to the resumption of payments. Regardless of how much they owe, Americans are preparing for tighter budgets. The financial impact will be felt widely across the country as individuals make tough choices and navigate the challenges of repaying their student loans while managing their daily expenses. It's going to be a tough balancing act to keep things afloat over the next few months. All right, last but not least, China is hinting that it has plans to help its struggling property market as it extends loan relief for developers. Financial regulators are pressuring banks to ease loan terms for property companies aiming to ensure that ongoing construction projects are completed. This includes giving a one-year extension for certain loans due by the end of 2024. This move suggests that authorities believe it will take longer than anticipated for developers to recover from the housing market downturn, but these measures are still important and could provide some short-term liquidity relief for developers and address a significant portion of their total debts. It's no secret that China's real estate crisis is impacting the country's economy, and there are expectations that the government will introduce additional measures to stimulate demand. These can include things like reducing down payments in specific areas, lowering agent commissions, and further relaxing restrictions on residential purchases. It's clear that their goal is to revive the market and restore confidence among businesses and investors. While these measures are a step in the right direction, more support may be needed to stabilize the property sector as credit risks for banks remain high and the housing market continues to struggle. The real estate industry is under pressure to repay debts with significant bond maturities and an increased risk of defaults. The most important thing to keep in mind is that the government's effort to revive the market and address debt concerns are crucial for restoring growth and stability in the economy. Okay, that's a wrap. That's all I have for this week's edition of Fin Weekly. But like I say at the end of most of my episodes, don't take this news as doom and gloom. Instead, take it as an opportunity to go out there and strengthen yourself and develop new skills and capabilities so you can thrive now and into the future. You know, look, I see adversity as a wonderful opportunity. We all have our share of adversity and I am no different from you. I've had a lot of challenges in my life. I've struggled with a lot of things. And during these times of hardship, if you're dealing with hard times, who knows, you may be living a great life right now, but if you're dealing with anxiety or in fear and stress or whatever it may be, bad feelings in any way, now is a great time to get your house in order i don't mean your like literal house i mean your own house your financial house your physical house your emotional house whatever it is you know get your life in order and now is a great time to do that so use this opportunity to strengthen yourself to push forward use these things as fuel to propel you into the future I know it's hard i know some times are hard and i know it's difficult to rise out of you know challenging circumstances but i could tell you when you do that you're going to become so much stronger and you're going to be positioned to take advantage of opportunities that are sure to come your way this has happened to me over and over and over again in my life so keep the faith and have hope in the future because trust me i believe things are very bright for you and for me and for the overall world looking ahead All right, if you're listening to the audio version of Fin Weekly, now is a great time to download the Boosting Your Financial IQ app. You can get that on the Apple app or Google Play Store, and you can watch the video instead of just listening to the audio version of this. In the app, there are great tools and resources to get you started on boosting your financial intelligence and just your business acumen. So if you wanna be a business leader, an entrepreneur, or whatever your ambitions are, These resources will help you to achieve your biggest goals. Okay, that's it. I'm signing off. I hope you have a great week. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks again for being loyal followers of my content and being a part of this great community here at Boosting Your Financial IQ. Have a wonderful week. Cheers.